You're listening to the Moody Mommies Podcast. Audio warning. You may or may not hear kids screaming and yelling in the background. Or us screaming or yelling at them to keep it together. Hey guys, it's your Moody Mommies here. I am Vanessa. And I'm Jessica. What are we going to talk about today, Jess? Today we're back with the ladies from Latinx Parenting. We're going to be talking about nonviolent parenting and what it is that they are bringing to our community with their group sessions. So listen in. Thanks for being patient, guys. I know during the holidays, I don't mean to, it's always unannounced. Do take a two-month break sometimes. So we're back. Here's part two. If you didn't listen to part one, you'll get to know the ladies a little bit more. So go ahead back and check that out. Do you guys get any negative feedback about your parenting style from like your parents or your in-laws or anybody, brothers, sisters? Um, I, I wouldn't say, I think that it's challenging to parent this way. I think yeah. not just from my family, but social standards are just this. We're going against the grain, man. And I think that this isn't just, I don't just get stares or comments from my family. I also get comments from other parents, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, they're looking at me like, get a hold of your kid. And so it's been really interesting. I think my family has come around. My sisters have come around um, and they're still learning. And I'm very patient because I am the one that started breaking the chains around our family patterns. We did it differently with my nieces um, and we're doing it differently with Emiliano. And I think that it's, it's, it's hard because they're going against, they're learning, a di- it's like they're learning a different language, you know, and they're really trying to, to get a hold of what, what is this and, and also dealing with their own triggers and traumas. Right. So, um, I definitely feel like my mom, my mom has a hard time. I mean, right now, Emiliano isn't fully potty trained and he's going to be three soon. And so he has told me like, no, I don't want to get potty trained. And he's really, I can, it's really verbal and said, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go pee in the potty. I told you already, you know, and he'll tell me like my sister or, or anyone who tells them, he'll be like, no. I need to. I need to go now, and he'll hang up the phone on them. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Like you know, uh-huh. you need to stop breastfeeding, you know, or anything. He, and he's like sets his boundaries, and he said, "Okay, bye." Yeah. I, like I don't need that negativity in my life. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, he, it. you know, he's pretty verbal. I feel like I'm really proud of the the way that um, now he's able to express his boundaries. Well, you know, my parents and I we've talked a little, little bit about, and I think my dad's a jokester, and he'll say like, you know, comments about um, sort of me being passive. And I always remind him about this time when we went to. Um, he was talking to somebody in Mexico and it was an aunt and he was saying, yeah, with my children, I count to three and they know that I'm going to get up and hit them. And my dad never hit us, never hit us, but he felt like he needed to put face for my aunts, you know, so that he could be the man of the house. And so I always remind him of that. 
I tell them, yeah, you know, like, dad, like, remember, you know, you're, t- you're, you're saying that I'm passive, but at least I'm not fronting. <laughs> you, you used to have to lie. <laughs> and this is who I am, you know, but, um, yeah. but it's been an interesting journey. I'm really grateful for my, I'm really grateful for Leslie, for community that I've built around me that, that I can go to and feel grounded in. But I will say yeah. as I'm speaking right now, I'm, I, I feel like I've been more grounded in this work. Um, the more I teach it, the more I practice it. I feel like now it's like not rocked. Like I feel like this is firm, you know, and I haven't, yeah. I didn't think I would get there this quickly, but I feel like I'm like, this is firm. This is not, I'm not moving from my value system. I'm, this is the way I'm raising my child. And it feels like when I can physically stand firmly on the ground and, <laughs> and share this, that it's so powerful. So I think that, that that's just sort of been my journey around that. To what Lisa said, I think that, yeah, she, you know, we, we feel pretty firm in this philosophy. And, and that's kind of one of the questions that comes up a lot is like, how do I navigate my relationships to everybody else who doesn't think that this is the way to do it? And so it's about having faith um, in the process and in the philosophy. For me, it's become a lot harder. My daughter is seven and a half now. So, um, you know, she's her own person fully now and um there's not much that i can do to control her to like you know she's she's definitely like experiencing a lot of need for autonomy and and that can be very challenging for me because i remember when i was a kid like that would not fly you know (laughs) like when i was a kid if i said i didn't want to clean my room or something like i would i would not have been able to say that or i would not have been able to stand up for myself or um Mm -hmm. You know, the boundary around, like, not giving besos, like, not giving hugs or kisses. And, um, you know, it's very tempting, like, when my grand- when my parents come over to, to make them, you know, mm. to say, like, can you need to give Abuelito a kiss. Because we're, so, like, the culture is so ingrained, that pattern is so ingrained, and I don't think that they were necessarily, like, meaning to harm us. But I think that, like, for us, we have to be very, very clear about what that might cause and... Um, and that gets hard when your, your triggers get, you know, your mm-hmm. buttons get pushed. So it's been, yeah, I've definitely slipped um, more frequently than I am happy to admit. But especially Me in the too. summer now that she's been home. <laughs> yeah, it's been hard. You know, Me it's too. really, really hard to uphold it. And, and, you know, she goes to sleep and I'm just like, okay, like, I'm going to do this differently tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and maybe I did it differently and maybe I didn't. Um, and the hard part is being gentle on myself about that. So it's. You know, I'm not judging myself for, I'm like, I, you know, we, we've said this to each other too. Like, I feel like, why am I even teaching this? You know, like, why am I even teaching this if I make so many mistakes? And, um, but I feel like those mistakes are what creates the learning, yeah. you know, and, and doing it better the next time. I wanted to add that um, I think for, I don't, for myself, I really welcome the questioning of my parenting. I really yeah. welcome the criticism um, or whatever that, whatever it may be wrapped into, right? Whether it be a comment, whether it be a, a, a suggestion, I really welcome it. And I think, and I, and, and for, and I think I've learned to be like, okay, thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I think we got this, yeah. you know, and like have set firm, like, um, statements so that I can come back with them. Um, but that's come with time. And I think that's also come with uh, confidence in that, like, and belief that this is true, that despite me making mistakes, right, or making, uh, going out of the, 
out of this parent way of parenting that I can always come back to it. And that's like, there's a solid foundation for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's rooted not so much in like the, you know, changing behavior or whatever it's rooted in nonviolence and like what that means for not just what happens in our home, but in our local communities. And then that, you know, ripples outward. So that's what kind of we try to be rooted in. You gave a specific example right now about making your kid, you know, give your give your grandpa a kiss. What are you supposed to do in situations like that? <laughs> I'm always struggling because my daughter, like, same thing. Like, to her great-grandparents, she's like, mm, no. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, I feel like such an asshole because it's like, just hug your freaking grandma, man. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I think it's been easier for me to communicate, like, with my dad you know directly and just say like I don't think she wants to right now um and he's okay with that but there's definitely been times where I wasn't sure um you know how to navigate it but I think that like remembering who is more worth it I guess (laughs) like is there you know is my dad's feelings more worth my daughter feeling safe um and you know is is it going to like what is it going to do to her right now if I make him or if I make her give him a kiss or give mm-hmm. him a hug mm-hmm. um in the short term but yeah. then also like if I start that then that could become a pattern and then that turns into long-term consequences you know and so kind of looking at it from an objective like okay like what who's more important here um not, not that their needs aren't important I think that they that need to helps him in some way but um to me, it's like my daughter's so fertile right now for like learning how to be. So I definitely yeah. want to preserve that for her. And I think you said something important. That's their need. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, as much as uh, as hard as it is for me to like understand is that like it's okay to compassionately. I always use the, the voice of the child or ask and turn to the child to see if to ask you know, because I think when we use the voice of the child, it's like yeah. kind of like, OK, we're ha- we're supporting and the way mm-hmm. of like, oh, that we're bringing alive and honoring that child. And I think it's so like yeah. it goes yeah. back. I think for me, it goes back to pleasing others and people pleasing and making sure that I'm still a good girl, the good girl that I was, the, good, the one that just did everything that everybody wanted to do, wanted that wanted her to do. And I think that that's for me, the core piece of like having to like uh, repair that and, and sort of break that down. As to like, where is this wanting, where, where is this coming from? And I think for me, it's like people pleasing completely, pleasing like everyone, yeah. making sure everyone's okay, everyone's needs are met. And now I've like had to think like, I, I'm not just a model for my, from a model for my son and uh, comfort and needs are come before anyone else, right? Like this is, this is our, this is the core relationship that I'm working on right now. Yesterday, I, I, Justine was saying bye to. Oh, trying to get her to say bye to her great grandpa, and so she didn't want to. Whatever, we, she didn't do it. We got to the car. And I'm like, why didn't you want to say bye to him? It's because he wasn't wearing his hat today. And I was like, <laughs> you see, man, like a hat. What are you doing? <laughs> it's just the excuses she comes up with are very silly. And I'm just like, fine, can't make you. Do but what you want. Yeah, <laughs> I a suggestion for that that it has worked for some parents is to give choice, you know, just give choice, like, what are some things that we, that we can do that you would be comfortable with? Is it just give a smile? Or is it just, Mm -hmm. you know, hide behind me and just like wave, you know, from behind me or whatever? Uh, Because we definitely want our kids to be social and understand like what the norms are. 
for saying hello and greeting people. So mm-hmm. I think that giving them choice that meets their need and then maybe also meets the relative's need. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, for like me personally, I'm not a like one-on-one hello goodbyer. I like t- takes too. too long. It takes too long, so I'm just kind of like into the room. Hi everyone. When I'm ready to go, okay, bye everyone. I just uh-huh. I can't do it. It just it's too much so for much me to time. go. To everyone, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of energy to give to everyone to have that like personal hello and goodbye. So I just I don't know. I kind of feel for her on that too because when we were leaving somebody else's house the other night. Um, I was like, let's go to the restroom before we leave. And as soon as she was done, she said, can we just leave without saying bye? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, we don't have to hug everyone. Let's just say bye really quick and we can go. It's hard. It's I think I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> can we just slip away from uh-huh. I don't really want to say bye. Let's just go. Um my toddler, when she wants people to leave, she'll just wave it, start waving and saying goodbye. <laughs> 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 We're done with you. We're done. Your visit's over. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> Lizeth, did you have to go? All right. Leslie mm-hmm. would be willing to finish this up, but I just wanted to thank you all no, for, thank uh, you. for being with thank me this you. morning and uh, sort of grounded me again for this group that I'm going to be holding. <laughs> so I appreciate all of yeah. you and the time you. together. Or do the work. Go do the work, Lisa. I'm proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, Leslie. So do you want to share about your workshops and how long you guys have been offering them? Um, As we mentioned earlier, we both have been offering them individually. But um, as Latinx Parenting started back in September um, of last year. So we've been teaching them as a partnership for almost a year. We've taught, we try to teach one every couple months um lisa just had a series at la fuente in long beach and um and she taught out of her home in whittier and so we are trying to hold as many as we can obviously like life gets really busy and we have to reconfigure our schedule sometimes but what we're working on right now is making them available to anyone via like teachable or an online platform so that anybody can get the information so that's been a priority is to like make it accessible not only to the people around us, but also the people that are reaching out from like North Carolina and Boston. And we've had so many people interested in, in the workshops and what we're doing. Any other like specific questions about the workshops themselves? Yeah. Like what exactly is it that you do during the workshops? Yeah. So we operate from a philosophy of parenting with nonviolence. And so during the workshops, we, there's definitely a lot of reflection about how we were parented. There's information on trauma and brain development. There are a lot of activities in which we practice grounding strategies and self-regulation. There's a lot that is packed into a succession series, but it's actually meant to be a 10-week series. But Lisa and I decided on six weeks because we feel like that's um, like palatable for parents, I think, to be able to take six weeks out of their out of their year to come to a parenting class. I think a lot of people might hesitate to do 10 weeks because of childcare, et cetera. So there's a lot that goes into it. That's why it's that long. <laughs> How long are the classes? They're two and a half hours each for six weeks. And right now we're trying to see if we can add um, another component, like a practicum component in which we do just practice because it's one thing to hear it. And then it's another thing to put it into practice in your home. So um, we're always trying to figure out ways to stretch them out, especially because at the end of them, parents generally want more sessions. 
and there's a lot of sadness around letting go of this community that you've built for the last six weeks. So we're always trying to figure out ways to either make it longer or just have like a practice session or uh, make sure that our parents have access to the support groups afterwards. And that's what Lisa just wanted to go do. She wanted to go facilitate um, our first August support group in Whittier. Nice. Yeah, and so I'll be having one as well um, in Santana. So if anybody's around, we try to have those twice a month. And then I know you kind of list set a few things that you guys talk about as far as like trauma and is there anything like specific tips that you want to share with our listeners about what you guys talk about in your workshops? There's just so much. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> that I goes mean, into I, it. But I can share <laughs> that one of the <laughs> one of the biggest components of it is emotional intelligence and building, you know, helping our children to build emotional intelligence um, and helping ourselves build emotional intelligence. And so if anybody who's listening doesn't know what that means, it's the capacity to um, understand your own emotions and another person's emotions. So we always compare that to like, academic intelligence which is helpful but doesn't get you very far if you don't have emotional intelligence and like know how to be around people right and so we help the parents kind of learn how to um how to name feelings for their children how to describe processes that they're that they're seeing in their children um and being really open verbally in that way. And one of the tools that we give them is to create these empathy books. And so an empathy book, you can Google it, but um, an empathy book is basically a book that describes the child's either like transition or a story around something that happened. For example, if you know my daughter was night weaning when she was two and a half, and we made an empathy book about how hard it was to say, you know, to, to say goodnight to, we call them chichis. So we wouldn't say, like, you know, we would draw, like, a very simple picture and then write in, like, you know, Mama or Hallie wanted Chi-Chi's. Mama said no. Hallie felt sad. Uh, we went to sleep. So it's so simple. Like, that's the entire empathy book. But we're going to be having an actually, like, an online course um, describing how to how to make an empathy book because they're so powerful to give children not only, like, a verbal narrative but also to have pictures. Kids really respond to pictures, especially the younger ones. But it's really helpful to, to do that for emotional intelligence. And then it's just very connecting for parent and child. Yeah, I really like that. I, I know. I love that idea. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And it, the thing that I like that I'm enjoying about this conversation with you is we've talked to somebody last week about positive parenting. And everything sounds good. And I just don't think I'm as bubbly or <laughs> as patient to like do all those things things there was like a lot of requirements and I know I mean parenting does require a lot from us either way but I feel like through this conversation with you ladies it feels more attainable it puts the reasoning yeah to why you have to use those tools yeah I don't have to be too well what does Justine like to I'm a pretty chill person I guess I don't know (laughs) another way to put that other than like I don't have a I'm not high energy and I'm not like super down I don't know it's just a little monotone (laughs) with me so yeah moody I'm moody yeah yeah so it's hard like it's hard for me to do all those like super positive things without feeling like oh my god yeah oh absolutely oh my gosh no I mess up all the time yeah, and, like, I want to feel like I'm real with myself and, you know, there's 
things like this empathy book and just teaching them you know words for their emotions that could be really helpful for us without having to be too super bubbly (laughs) yeah Yeah, like mary poppins Mm -hmm. like perfect perfect mom yeah i've definitely been to classes where i felt like it was way too mushy gushy and like did not fit the way that i wanted to be with my children um and it's definitely not like a mushy gushy Mm -hmm. class i want to say i think that it's um we, we always joke about how it's, you know, we call it a parenting class, but it's also very much a class about yourself mm-hmm. um, and healing. It's not realistic to apply every single tool yeah. all the time. Um, and so that's part of why we've, we have a very big focus on the self-forgiveness, you know, and the self-empathy and not giving yourself so much shit for not doing it the way that you woke up and thought that you would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fucking hard, you know. <laughs> Some people are like, "This is so fucking hard." Yeah, um, I'm. So, I don't know if you guys cuss on the podcast. You can no, bleep me out. We do. do. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. We do. But um, it's really, really hard, you know. And so I think for parents, we just want that support. We want someone to tell us that it's okay. We want somebody to, um, you know, tell us that there's hope in tomorrow, you know, and doing it differently. I think that the most important thing that we focus on is connection, you know, your your connection to your child. So you can mess up all day long, but at the end of the day, if you're able to repair, that is so powerful to do, you know, and, and oftentimes maybe we weren't parented with parents that apologized. And so if we're able to kind of just at least, at least acknowledge that we weren't being our ideal parent or whatever that's helpful to them and it's helpful to us you know and they're seeing that humans make mistakes and they're seeing the way that we treat ourselves when we make a mistake so I know Lizeth was saying that she noticed people kind of looking at her by the way she's parenting do you feel like that happens to you as well where they're just like what are you what are they doing why is she letting her kid behave this way yeah I do I think it's an expectation that people have that you keep your kids in line. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we have shaken that expectation very much. I think that for the most part, if you go to like library story time or you go out in public places, you see parents treating their children in ways that are not very gentle or nonviolent. And, and just to clarify, like we, we have expanded the definition, not we, but um, you know, in the philosophy of nonviolent parenting, we've expanded the definition of violence to mean anything that hurts the body, uh, mind, or spirit of a child. Uh-huh. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be beating a child. It could be shaming the child verbally. It could be, you know, just making the child feel small. And so we see that a lot, like, when we're out in public, and it gets kind of hard to be in public when you, like, see so much pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you see really amazing moments of parents that are doing it in this way. And so those parents... Um, are also, I guess, facing those expectations from from everybody else that wants you to control your kids, you know? And, and so, yeah, that's very much something that we just have to deal with when being out. Yeah. We're going to have to carve out six weeks to make it to one of your guys's... For reals. Your sessions, your workshops. Because, I mean, I really like hearing everybody's different perspective. Obviously, like, I don't feel like I use one certain method I kind of pull from what everybody is doing and seeing what I like and what works for my family so I mean I, I definitely want to yeah I think you just have to tune into your child you mm-hmm. know you have to kind of every I mean my kids like all three of them 
are completely different and I can already tell that the two month two and a half month old is going to be completely different than her than his sisters and so I don't think that there is one right way to do things I think that if people are you know if there's parenting classes that are like guaranteeing that you'll never have an issue with your child again I feel like that's like snake oil like don't right you know you're fake and a fun. no it's like I have the answers like no you really don't right. you know it's it's way harder than just having a set of rules for it so we don't subscribe to that we really try to make sure that people are aware that there is no perfect parenting mm-hmm. yeah. definitely and you know six weeks of a workshop it's you know, it's a lifelong commitment to parents. So like you said, it's yeah. not going to be all better in just six weeks. You have to. Exactly. And that's why I teach forever. actually. Um, and I've always said, like, if I didn't teach, I wouldn't be hearing this stuff over and over again. So I really, you know, I use it. Lisette and I have kind of talked about how everything for us has been, yes, it's work, but it's also like a personal evolution in our families and, and in the work that we're doing. But I'm pretty hyper aware of making sure that people know that like we're just human too you know and I love that you like openly admit to like there's days that you don't do it perfectly yourself and you're the one teaching this to everyone else so that's great yeah yeah so we require just as much empathy and compassion as our kids do if not more sometimes so um you know it's it's one thing to like have never had an issue as a child and parent and then it's another issue um you know, if you come from a trauma background or if you come from a childhood that that wasn't ideal and then to become a parent like that can be really re-traumatizing and that can be really hard for kids um, and really hard for parents. You know, we uh, we really believe, I think, that a lot of the um, social issues could be prevented with setting new intentions in our families and having that expand outward. I love everything you guys had to share with us today. It's been really, really great information. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you. I said on your website, you guys have a few different podcasts that you recommend to listen to. Yes. Okay. Yes, we have. So we have um, a resources page, and I think it has books um, mm-hmm. and birth workers and a few other things. I'd have to double check whether we added the podcast on there or not. Um, yeah, it's here. But there are a couple that I think that I would recommend. Uh, one of them is the Authentic Parenting Podcast. I really like that one. And um, another one that I love, love, love is the Somos Padres Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned in one of our Instagram stories recently, I'm like, I was so thrilled, like so excited to find a podcast that was run by like a Latino couple or a Latinx couple. Yeah. Um, because honestly, most of the podcasts are by white, um, speakers, you know, and, and they're smart and they have like great things to say. Um, but we kind of have had like a whitewashing of the parenting world. Yeah. Um, at least at the night, definitely just by existing in it or trying to break and some of the I think is a part of that too. So they keep it real and shout out to Yesenia and Paula if they ever hear this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the Somos Padres podcast. There's a bunch of them. I think, yeah, they'll, they'll be on our website. Okay, Do you want to share with our listeners where to find you? Yeah, right now we are on Instagram at Latinx Parenting and Facebook, um, facebook.com slash Latinx Parenting. And then our website is latinxparenting.org. 
um, and you can find how to contact us through either of those. Um, yeah, so that's that's how you can get a hold of us. Lisseth um, is also uh, at Liz Toscano, and then I'm at comadre.wellness um, if you want to reach us individually. And when is your next workshop going to be starting up? So right now we're really trying to focus on the online content. Um, we were going to hold a fall series, and I think that we've decided um, to put it off until the winter. So um, the easiest way to find out about when the next series will come or the next workshops that we're holding is to subscribe to our newsletter. Um, and you can go on latinxparenting.org, and it'll pop up right away to put your email address in. And so we send out monthly newsletters um, to people to keep them informed of what's awesome. going on. Yeah, and on Instagram, obviously, as well. Like we're always posting our our workshops on there. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're just like walking around with that little baby attached to you. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We really we're um, we're under a tree right now, so I'm like really enjoying being in the shade. Nice. Well, thank yeah. you for making the time for us. We know you're a very, very, very busy woman. You guys got tons of things to do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yes, you too. You too. Thank you so much. So that was a good one. Yeah, it was It was nice to hear another perspective. Like I was saying, I mean, I really do value all the conversations that we have with the different moms and parents that we've had on here. And I do feel like I'm taking a little a little, a little snippet from everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, that works for me. Uh, I'll get a dash like of this. I'll get a dash yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I have like super mom brain right now where I'm barely able to think about what I was I know like, when you guys hear this, the baby will probably be out already, so. And I'll still be in a fog where I'm like, what's happening? She's gonna be alive. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> guys, what is life? <laughs> you know. Alright, guys, you know where to find us. Like, subscribe. We are your moody mommies. Until then, you tell them this. Stay moody. Say moody mommies. Moody mommies. Moody mommies podcast.